I, I need y'all's help. Um, I, I need to feel a little bit better about myself, so I'm asking this question, and I, I want you to be honest. How many of you have ever bought something off of Kickstarter or Indiegogo? Seriously? Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. I feel a little bit better. So don't. Uh, here's what Kickstarter and Indiegogo is. It's, it's, they throw out this idea that they're building, and you support it, and they may or not may or may not ever build it, apparently. I didn't realize that, okay? And so I, I saw this thing, and, and let, me, let me give you a little background on this. Like, I run very, very hot, and it's one of the reasons my, my wife married me is because I just, I'm, I'm always, that's, I'm not being conceited. I'm just saying, I'm, I, I'm hot. Like, my body temperature is really high. She loves to get near me and then put her cold freaking feet underneath me, and it's awful. Uh, but... Because of that, at night, we, we run the air pretty low, and that costs a lot of money. And, and so, because we run at two different temperatures, like, there was this product that came out, and this product was supposed to, it had, it was like this sheet, but it would fill up with air, and it said, your side can be 10 degrees colder than it is in the room, her side can be 10 degrees warmer than it is in the room, all it takes is this, like, it, it works this way, and I'm sitting here going, this could solve my problem, like, this sounds amazing. Like this would cut down on my air conditioning, all this kind of stuff. So I signed up and I ordered it in 2017. I just got it <laughs> this year. And so I ordered it in 2017 and for literally four years, I'm sitting there going, hey, so you guys done yet? And they're like, but you can cancel at any time. I'm like, no, I just want the product. And they kept saying like literally every month was, oh, we're shipping things out. We're shipping things out. We're shipping things out for four years. Finally, this thing shows up and I'm excited Chrissy told me I'm way too excited like she's like we don't even know it's gonna work and I set it up and I turn it on and it blows up and first off the motor that blows it up is really loud but then we get underneath it I'm like I'm not any cooler she's like neither am I I'm like are you try harder like are you sure and like we're sitting under there not only that but the way that it's made the way it gets air into it is like the the sheet has pockets in it and so you get your foot stuck in it and then you try to move and it pulls and then the sheet at the same time is also crinkly so we slept for it a couple nights probably a couple nights extra just because I'm like this is gonna work I I waited for you for four years like this is gonna happen and then finally we kind of realized it wasn't gonna work and did I put it away no it's sitting at the foot of our bed why because one day I hope it magically works because I waited for four years and, and here's why I say this it's kind of a, a dumb explanation but I've had so many conversations with girls and guys that have been in dating relationships for three, four, five years and this is what I hear all the time they, they get to the point where they're going you know what I don't think they're that great but I spent this much time so far right? Like, I don't think, I, and I've had these conversations with people that are engaged, and they finally realize, like, man, this is not the person I should be with. Some red flags came up, because they, like, they just weren't paying attention. They were just kind of going through the motions and all of that, and they get to it, and they're like, you're going to get married? They're like, yeah, I mean, I, what am I going to do? Start dating again? And there's this idea, like, because I put in so much time, then I don't have the ability to step out of it. And, and here's, here's what I want to focus on tonight, and I just want you guys to get this. Last week, we talked about sex, and if you, you didn't hear that message, you should listen to it. The fact that you weren't in person and here just means you'll 
you'll feel less awkward. But we, we talked about sex. We talked about how powerful sex was. And the reason we talked about it is because like when sex enters into a relationship, because it's powerful, because of the fact that what's dumped on your brain, it's very hard to pick the right person because sex, what it does at its base is its, its job is to addict you to your spouse. It has addictive capabilities, just like drugs do. It addicts you to your spouse. So if it addicts you to the person that you're trying to figure out if you're gonna marry, you, you see them the wrong way. Well, in the same way this week, this is what I wanna do. I wanna give you a game plan. I want to give you some, some rules or tools, however you want to, want to call it, to know when to break up. And all the guys that are dating are like, crap, dang it, can I leave? Do you need to go to the bathroom? I need to go to the bathroom. And, and here's why. Here's why I want you to say, because I don't want you to waste your time on the wrong person. Like, I don't want you to get to a point three years from now and go, I, I feel stuck. I, I feel in the wrong place. Like, I don't want you to get to a point where you just haven't been paying attention and, and you let things slide that later on you realize, oh man, that's, that's a deal breaker. That's something that I definitely should have paid attention to this entire time. And, and hear me in this. And, and I hope you know this. Like, I want you so bad to have a great relationship. I want you so bad to have a great marriage. And this entire idea of dating is new and the way we get through it is new. But I want you to be able to navigate it in such a way so that you can find the person that you can spend the rest of your life with. And so part of that, unfortunately, is talking about why we need to break up and why we need to move on from certain situations. And, and I want you to understand this. Some of these things may sound harsh. And if you have a problem with it, please, I'm being dead serious. Come talk to me. Come talk to my wife. Come talk to Mark or Michelle. We'd love to talk about it. And we're saying it straightforward just because we care and we want you to understand why this is so important. Okay, so it, we're just going to start straight off the bat. The reasons, I, I've got, I think I've got four reasons why you should break up. And here's what we're not going into. We're not going into they can't have a conversation or they're not nice or all these other things. You should already know those things. These are the things that are like, if this, they aren't there, we, you, you should move on. Here's the first one. Break up if they don't follow Jesus. And some of you are like, wait, aren't we supposed to love everybody? Absolutely. We're just not supposed to date everybody. It's a bigger deal to pick the one that you're going to marry. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says it this way. It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And that sounds really harsh, but I need you to understand. The idea behind this is this. Like a marriage works and it says, it's like you're being yoked together. That's the, that's the, uh, the wooden piece that would go between two oxen as they plow a field. And that's what happens when you get married. You become one. You know what's really hard in marriage? When two people who are supposed to be one are going in different directions. When two people who are supposed to be one have very different ideas of what should happen in a marriage. And as Christians, here's the deal. The most important relationship we're supposed to have is with God. The second most important relationship we have is the person we marry. They should like each other right? They should have a relationship. That should be something that should be the base of it. And I want you to understand, there's not just me saying this. It's not just the Bible saying this, but I always love to bring in the stats and the science behind it. And I'll tell you this, the highest, the highest section of people who get divorced, the highest rate of divorce, if you take a section of people, is people who get married with different faiths. 80%. 80% people who get married with different faiths. And so when, when I say there's a reason behind that, I'm saying that because look, 
you need to understand somebody's faith system their belief system drives what they believe is right how they should parent what they should do in life if you're going after someone who has a different belief system if it doesn't catch up with you now it will in marriage and here's what's so well so awesome is when you do look at what's possible i I hear so many times all the stats on how marriage is 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 so bad the divorce rate's so bad the truth is divorce rate's been going down i think for the past 35 years if you just took boomers out of the equation, the divorce rate would be much smaller. They're awful at marriage. They are. And, and so, but I want you, I want to give you a stat, okay? I want to give you like a very like good stat that can make you feel much more confident going forward. And this was, this was the lady that put this together. And this is how you can have a 90 to 95% success rate in marriage, okay? Just go ahead and put up the, the things. Both of you are at least 21 years old. You don't cohabitate before marriage. You're committed to church, which means you actually are involved in church. You go to church, you find community, you do things in church. And any post high school education, this literally said, if you took a semester and then dropped out, like it just meant that you kind of cared about your future kind of deal. And so that sounded wrong. I'm sorry. That's not, not everybody needs to go to college. I understand that. But but here's my deal. This is a 90 to 95% success rate. Here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. They did a a survey with people that you would call, well, the Bible would call them lukewarm Christians, or you would just call them like, you know, the every once in a while kind of deal. They come to church every once in a while. When two lukewarm Christians get married, they actually have a 20% higher divorce rate than everyone else. Because they get married and they realize nobody has any idea what's going on. And actually, here's what's crazy. If a lukewarm Christian married an atheist, they actually have a higher success rate of marriage than two people who really don't know what they're doing. Actually, what's crazy is if you just go to church and are committed to a church, your, your, your chance of staying married goes up by 50%, 50%. So why do I say this? You want somebody that's all in. You want somebody that's going the same way you're going. You want somebody that cares about your most important relationship in the same way you care about it. And I hear people go, well, they said they're coming to church with me. Cool, don't date them yet. See if they wanna follow after God. Because here's the deal, if you date them first and then bring them to church, you don't know if they're there for you or for God. And people are really good at faking it. And you wanna see what happens there. And so I say this not to be, not to be mean or, or to, be, to be harsh. I'm just saying this for the safety of your marriage and for the success of your marriage. I want you to find somebody that's absolutely godly. And here's the phrase that I've used my whole life. It's, I, I heard it in college and it's just stuck with me my, my whole life. And I really think it's the phrase that's perfect for finding the person to marry. And here's what it is. Run as fast as you can after God, then look next to you. Run as fast as you can after God, then look next to you. This was really, I mean, this is Christy and I's story. We were, I was in youth ministry. She, she was in youth ministry because she liked me. Um, no, I'm just and she was following after God. She was going hard after God. Here's what's interesting. She was a brand new Christian. We were friends for a year and a half. No dating, no kissing, no nothing. Like I wanted to make sure she was following after God. It, probably so much so that she was like, do you even like me? And so for a year and a half, I saw that. Why? Because I wanted to make sure she loved God and not that she just liked me. Because it was more important that she loved God than if she liked me. So the first thing, of course, if they don't follow Jesus, here's, here's a tough one. Break up if the Christians around you don't believe in the relationship. 
I see this the most, especially with younger relationships. Please, please, please do not Romeo and Juliet your relationship. The worst way you can start a relationship is to start it to show everybody you can make it. Because guess who you need when you get married? The people you're trying to show that you can make it. I don't, I don't, there's this idea in marriage that as soon as we get married, then we're good. Oh, we have each other. It's us against the world. No, it's not. It's you and your community against the world. You need your family. You need your friends. You need the people around you. And if good Christian people around you are saying, hey, this is not a good idea, we should listen to it. Because we need other people around us. We need encouragement in those things. You want Christians around it. I'll say this. You want to know the quickest way to figure out if somebody's worth dating? Bring them around your friends, your family, and those you trust. Be purposeful in that. And don't come in and go, like, go ahead of time and go, hey, here's the deal. He's blah, 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 blah. So don't ask that question. No, let them come in and let them say, okay, ask the question. So what did you think? And if you don't have good Christian friends, find some good Christian friends. And if you don't have somebody who's older that has a good marriage, because I know some of you, you're like, I don't want to bring them to my parents because they have no idea. Find an older couple that loves Jesus and ask to have dinner with them. They'll do it. In fact, they'd love to. It's kind of funny for them. They're like, oh, look, dating. (laughs) We do it. Christy and I have had many, many couples come through our living room for that exact purpose. In fact, one of them ended very quickly and it was good. Christy asked the question. She's like, so when do you think marriage is a possibility? He goes, I don't know if marriage is a possibility. And the girl went, wait, what? And it got confrontational. And I was like, hey, we all know it's over. Let's have dessert. And then they broke up, which was good. And she found the person she's married now and it's great. It's great. But here's the deal. We just, and and I, I want you to understand this. We saved her months. She saved herself months. Why? Because she brought her, because we have blind spots when we like somebody, right? Come on. We see it in everybody else. Like we, you see all your friends, you're like, why, why does she like him so much? And you're confused by it. But they never ask, is he the right person? Look, we need to bring people around it. And if people around us have serious concerns, our answer is not what we naturally do. What we naturally do is cut them off and move away. No, those are the people we need to lean into. Because here's the deal. Even if it's small concerns, it's like, all right, then what's next steps? How do we take next steps forward? And you guys have heard me talk about this before. If you haven't, look, if there's, there's things in your life that you need to work on, the best way to work on them is single, not in a relationship. Because you can just worry about you. You don't have to worry about anybody else. You can worry about your health and you can take time off. And then later on, if they're still single, then you can go back and date them at a later time. But it's, here's the idea. It's that you're both coming in healthy. You're both coming in healthy. Proverbs 18.1 says it this way. It says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against all wise judgment. Think about it this way. Who are the weirdest people? Those that isolate themselves, right? Right, like you've never like been hiking in the woods and been like, hey, we may meet some mountain people. <laughs> it's always like, we may meet some mountain people and we have to run. Right? And nobody, anybody that's in isolation, like isolation never proves anything good, right? Like when we isolate ourselves, do we make good decisions? 
No, we usually start twirling things in our mind and come up with something that's absolutely ridiculous. And then once we say it out loud in front of somebody else, we're like, oh, that was dumb. <laughs> Guys, we do this in relationships all the time, right? We find that person, we go, I don't want anybody else to say anything about it. So we only hang out with them and we decide they're the one. But what we need to do is look to other people. You will save yourself so much time if you have people in your life that care about you, that love you, that follow after God and that will tell you the truth. And if they aren't telling you, ask, ask. Some people are so afraid of asking, ask the question. It's better to know than not to, right? It's better to know now than during engagement or in marriage. It's better to know those things right now. So we break up if the Christian community around us says this isn't a good idea. Here's the third thing. We break up if they don't respect our boundaries. And, and here's what, immediately I know we, we talk about physical and we are gonna talk about physical, but there's two others that we don't always think about. There's emotional and there's spiritual boundaries too. And, and the first thing I wanna talk about is the physical side of it. Because we talked about this last week. If you haven't, like, we have a podcast, you should go back and listen to it. But if somebody is unwilling to do this, this is what's so hard. It's so hard to find the right person when we're crossing those boundaries. It's so hard to find the right person when everything we're doing physically is causing us to think that person is the right person to marry. If you remember me talking about it last week, they were able to do the thing. Well, with rats, they could just put dopamine in their brain. And when they put dopamine in their brain, that's what makes you choose a mate. So in our minds, whenever we have sex, dopamine's dumped on our brain and we go, this person I could marry. Even though we know that they're not the right person person. So what we have to do is this, and this is, I don't know why this is so hard. We have to actually set up boundaries and talk about boundaries in dating. Like we actually have to have the conversation between each other. It's crazy. I remember talking to a guy and he's like, yeah, I messed up again. I was like, what happened? He's like, we had sex. I was like, well, did you have the conversation about the boundaries? He goes, no, that's awkward. I was like, so it's less awkward to get naked in front of someone than it is to have the conversation about boundaries see it's it's like this it's like when you're in this physical relationship it's like it's like you're drunk let, let, let me say this way has, has everyone anyone ever said man I'm so happy I made that decision when I was drunk right I'm so happy because I texted all the right people I did all the right things in fact the other day I was like man do I should I sign this lease and so I got drunk and I made my decision Nobody's ever said that, right? Like, I need you to understand, when physical is in the relationship, it's like walking around with beer goggles on, trying to figure out this person is the right person. And so what, what I mean by they don't respect your boundaries, it's they are choosing to continue to pressure you and push forward and not respecting what you've already said, which shows a lack of respect. And I hear girls say it all the time, but he begs so much. Yeah, guys, you're... He's like, I need it, I need it. No, look, food, shelter, water. Never has a man crawled into a hospital. They're like, oh no, he hasn't had sex in a month. Get him a woman. Like that's never... That's never happened ever and I'll tell you this girls if he's unable to control himself outside of marriage what makes you think he can control himself inside of marriage 
And guys, let me just say you, tell you right now, the way you date right now is training for marriage. Because when you get married, it's not like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't even see other women. Who's beautiful? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Porn? What is that? What, the way you control yourself now is it's actually helping you go into marriage the right way. And I've seen it on the other side too. I've seen girls who very much understand the power that it has there and they, they bring it into that. I had a friend who... Basically, he was dating this girl, a very nice girl, brand new, brand new Christians, but she, she had a lot of trauma. And, and I need you to hear me this, hear, hear this. I'm not saying she's not worthy. I'm just saying she needs to have some help first. And that's okay to say. And sometimes people, we need help first before we need to be in a relationship because a relationship blinds us to the things that are a problem. And he was about to break up with her and she walks into his room, takes off all her clothes and she says, do whatever you want. He somehow ran. Like literally, that's what the Bible says. It says run. So he ran. And I was like, you just left her in your room? He's like, yeah, I just, I just ran. I said, so you're breaking up. He goes, well, he goes, but you know, she needs my help. It's savior complex like we guys have. He's like, she needs my help, all that kind of stuff. So guess what? Same thing happened again. Guess what? How many times can you, can a guy deal with a naked woman in his room? Apparently once. But here's what she understood. And I'm not saying it's always in there, but there's power in it. She knew she could hold on to him with that. And they ended up, I'm telling you, they ended up going through a very tumultuous time. They ended up getting engaged. They ended up getting married. They ended up getting divorced. Awful situation. Because she never had the ability to deal with all those things. Guys, divorce doesn't happen because of marriage problems. It happens because of personal problems we have that we bring into marriage. So when somebody has something like that in their life, has serious trauma, has serious problems, the nicest thing we can do is help them find help without us. Because they won't heal if they're leaning on us. I get the question, well, what about, can I just live with somebody else before I get married? Isn't that the natural thing that happens? Next, well, let me just tell you kind of the, the stats there. If you live with someone before you get married, your divorce rate goes up to 83%. Um, your Infidelity rate, which means your chance of cheating, is 40% higher in women, 60% higher in men. And actually, here's what's crazy. Your chance of getting married actually goes down by 40%. Um, they, they report lower, lower levels of happiness, lower levels of sexual fulfillment, sexual regu regularity, and lower levels of relationship with the family. And here's the big part, and this is going to sound really hard. Because I, I, I have people go, hey, can you pray for my relationship? Can you help God bless my relationship? God... God cannot bless something outside of what he wants. God can't bless sin. So if you're, you're sitting here and you're in the room and you're living with each other, please hear me. I am not, I'm not trying to say your relationship won't work. I'm not trying to say you can't make it or anything like that. I'm just saying right now, you're setting yourself up for failure, both in statistics and what God blesses and what he doesn't bless. I, I literally had a guy, the first time I gave this message and I talked about this, uh, at, at the exchange back in like 2017 after the message he came up to me he goes can I meet with you I said yeah of course we met the next morning and he just sat across from me he goes seriously I was like what he goes seriously because you can't live with somebody before you're married I'm like no he goes we moved in yesterday and then we came and heard your message <laughs> and there's a new couple of the exchange we're fall, trying to fall after God and all that kind of stuff he's like what am I supposed to do now I'm like move out 
He's like, oh, but money. I'm like, oh, we can figure out the money. I said, I said, move out. He goes, you really mean God can't bless our relationship? I'm like, yeah. It literally speaks to that in the Bible. He goes, well, what if we just don't have sex? I'm like, yeah, good luck with that. Like, that sounds like torture. That sounds like hell. Like, that would be hell. You lay next to your wife, never allowed to touch her. Like, that, that sounds awful. And here's what this is also doing. Why would you want to train yourself that your relationship is about intimacy but not physical intimacy? Why would you want to get used to a relationship that purposely tries to stay away from that? So the question I always get is, so we're living together, what should we do right now? Well, there's, there's two things. One, if you guys don't think marriage is on the table, break up. Like, oh, look, if you've already tried this out and you don't think marriage is on the table, why are we still together? Loneliness? Break up. Now, if you're moving forward with it and you're like, maybe we should or not, meet with a Christian counselor, go through premarital counseling and decide, do we get married or do we break up? Why? Because I don't want you to continue going down this track that has such a bad success rate. I don't want you to go through a fake marriage that doesn't have the intimacy, that doesn't have the covenant between it that only God can bring. So I want you to move forward in the right way. So those are our physical boundaries. The other boundaries, which I don't think we think of very often as emotional boundaries. Ephesians, uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. And here's what I mean by emotional boundaries. Many times, here's what happens. We date somebody, we break up, we feel bad. We quickly find somebody else to date. And the emotional intensity doesn't start where it should, it starts where we left off. Because I don't want to feel that way anymore. So I quickly go into it. It's, it's the idea that I say, I love you way too quick. It's the idea that we start giving each other pet names way too quick. We're on, around each other all the time. We're constantly calling each other. We're constantly leaning on each other. We're constantly looking to each other for things that we shouldn't one month into the relationship. And so what can happen so many times is we find somebody that we're dating and they're moving way too fast emotionally. And here's what I mean by that. There's, I, I've seen this many times, especially with guys. They get into a relationship that they just got out of and they just start talking about marriage way too quickly. Or I've seen guys, guys, can I ask you to do this? Please don't bring up marriage as a joke. I, I've seen that happen and guys say things like, oh, you know, one day I'm gonna marry you. Really? Well, maybe, you know. I, or guys that like play around like they're getting down on one knee. Just don't, just don't. Let me, let me sh help you see a way that somebody's in the emotionally the wrong place. Um, let's say within the first six months of your relationship and something goes wrong, you're the first person they call. And you're like, why wouldn't I be the first person? They should have friends. They should have family. They should have people they know way more than you that they trust way more than you. In fact, if you're the first person they call, it actually shows that there's not that structure there. And they don't have people around them. So you're looking for someone that does that. Or, this always sounds so wrong, but I need you... I need you to get this because I was talking to a counselor the other day about this. A time to break up, which is no fault of anyone, is when one of the people in the first couple months of a relationship go through a life-changing event or trauma. Somebody dies, something awful happens. You're like, why would you break up with somebody in that time? Here's why. They're gonna heal from that. And this is a counselor's words, not mine. The psychiatrist's words, not mine. If they heal from that while going out with you and you ever break up with them, they go back to square one. Because their healing happened through you. You were the crutch. 
which is fine in marriage, but is not okay in dating. And, and I'm telling you that because I understand it. That sounds harsh. You're like, why would you, why would you say that? No, no, no. You understand. It's okay to go, hey, I, we're going to take a step back. I'm going to take a step back. I want you to be able to heal because I care about you. And you need to be with your family right now. You need to be with those that are closest to you. All these things. I want you to heal in those ways. Now, the people to watch out for on the other side are those that try to isolate you. I think we know this, but it happens so quickly. Those that try to isolate us from our friends, those that try to isolate us from our, our, our family members, those that emotionally try to manipulate and become, anybody that's trying to become your rock right off the bat is not somebody you want in your life. They're trying way too hard. And I'm gonna say this one, and this is gonna get, I don't know, you some of you are going to hate me. It's okay. I just, I literally just went through a divorce that had this situation. Be careful if the person you're dating needs large amounts of affirmation from the opposite sex. This is guys and girls. And I need you to understand that's both sides. It's both sides. In fact, guys, they, they've done surveys where they've, they've, figured out like, why did you cheat? Who did you cheat with? And over 75% of the guys that cheated on their wives said the girl that they cheated with was not better looking than their wives. They just listened, which was the problem. And then you have it on the other side, especially with girls. You have guys that go to the gym purposely. At certain times, you have girls that purposely put themselves in places to do that. And let me just say this, and look, with social media and with everything the way that it is, you don't want someone that needs affirmation from other people outside of you that will feel okay posting things just so other people will tell them how amazing or beautiful they are. I'm not saying you can't use social media. I'm not saying you can't tell everybody what's going on in your life. But what are you looking for? What are you asking for? just had a situation. I knew the marriage was going the wrong way because she started posting photos of her old modeling years just so people could talk about it. I had a conversation with her. She said, oh, he's so insecure. I had a conversation with him. He goes, well, actually, she was texting old boyfriends. And she said, there's no problem with that. Why are you being so insecure? So guys and girls in the room, hear me on that. Hear me on that. If a girl has all guy friends, doesn't have the ability to have a relationship with girls. If a guy has all girlfriends, doesn't have a relationship with guys, constantly needs affirmation from people outside, it's something to pay attention to. In fact, it's something to watch out for because that won't go away. And I'll just say this to, to the girls in the room. You are worth so much more than your looks. You're worth so much more than that. And I have been alive long enough to see what happens when girls who are solely focused on their looks get older. How it blows up marriages, the anger, the resentment. It's, it just, it's, a, it's a tough place to be in. So we do, we pay attention to those things. And I say that, guys, look, I know some of you right now, you're like, oh, I can't believe you said that. Or, oh, he's just saying that because he's not pretty. Not, I wish I was. You're probably right. But it is something we have to pay attention to. The last set of boundaries of this is spiritual boundaries. And this is, this is short, but I've seen this happen, spiritual manipulation. Hear me on this. When you start dating somebody, keep your church. Okay? 
I've seen this happen where people are like, no, 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 you have to come to my church. No, you don't. You're not married. Keep your church. Go to their church because sometimes they're weird. <laughs> and make sure they come to your church. But keep your church. And here's what I've seen on other sides. I've seen guys especially use Bible verses and things to spiritually manipulate. And if you're ever in one of those situations, please, please, please come talk to us. Please ask the question. He said this verse means this and I have to do this. Nope. And I'll say on top of that this, and just because I've seen it go the wrong way, um, this is just a little bit of advice. Don't start a Bible study together until you're engaged. That spiritual bond is real. It's real. And you're not there yet. And let me just say this on top of it. If you're the person that's further along in your spiritual development and you're helping them start and then you break up with them, it doesn't go well. It goes backwards. So we, we pay attention to that. Here's, here's the last thing to break up for. Break up if you aren't moving towards marriage. It's made all the guys cringe. Guys, the entire point of dating is to find the person that you're supposed to marry. Or at least it should be. If it's not the reason you're dating, then you're missing the whole point of this. And you're going to be one of those people that's four or five years in going, oh, what did I do? The entire point of dating is finding that person to do it. That's why dating should be evaluated along the way. And I'm not saying this. I'm not, some of you take this way too seriously. You're like, all right, on the first date, how many kids do you want? How are we going to discipline our kids? Like, what? I'm not saying that. First, figure out if you can even stand the person, if you can hang out with them. But then, of course, you're having conversations. You're going, making sure this is moving in that direction. And let me just say it in this way. There should be a relationship-defining talk between 9 and 12 months then make sure everybody's on the same page of when marriage is on the books. Some of you are like, crap, that was last month. <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. I'm not saying you're not, you're saying we're getting married in May. Like, no, it is this. It's, all right, are we on the right track? What keeps us from this? Because some of you, your parents are like, you're not getting married till you get out of school. Or some of you, you know, you're in the military and so you got employed and there's all kinds of, look, look, there's things there, don't get me wrong. But somewhere in that period, you should have a conversation where you're like, this is going this way, we're going this way, we're all on the same page. And I truly believe, unless there's something outside of that that's not right, within two years, you should be engaged. Like I said, some of you, school, all that kind of stuff, I get that, I get that. You should be engaged. And with engagements, go short. The engagement period is the worst part of the entire relationship. Like, hear me on that. Like, you think it's going to be awesome. Like, we're going to tell everybody we're married. It's great. And you do that. But then after that, you're like, I want to marry you. You want to marry me. But we're not yet. This sucks. Just being honest. So I say less than a year. Actually, I, I, I say six months or less. I've had now three or four couples in my living room going, can you just marry us now? We're done. I'm like, No. You can, your parents paid for this. You need to go through with it. <laughs> On a side note, when I say that, if you don't see yourself getting married in two years, don't date. Don't date. Why? Because you're just putting yourself through emotional, a lot of times physical, all, all this ringer where you could just be working on yourself. You could just be focusing on your relationship, God, with, and things that wouldn't possibly hurt you or put you in a bad situation. It's weird having him play as I'm about to say this. 
I do this every year and they always call me the killer of love. It's all right. I want to give all the couples the opportunity tonight to break up. And here's what I mean. Look, if you're scared of that conversation right now, but here's what I mean by that. A lot of times, I know this. I know there's people in this room right now. Right now, they're like, I know the relationship's over, but I don't want to break up with them because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Or I don't want to break up with them because I don't want to be lonely. I want you to help. I want you to understand this. That is selfish. That's selfish. Because if you truly cared about that person, you would want them to be able to find a person that actually loves them. And so much of the pain that happens in a relationship is from the point that people realize they should break up to when they actually do. Guys, we have a way of just dragging things out and being mean until they break up with us. And girls, we have a way of feeling pity. You have a way, we don't. You have a way of feeling pity. And so you drag it on. Let me say it this way. You can't find the right person until you break up with the wrong person. I know, right? freaking profound here's the great thing about dating you're not married some of you are dating like you are you're not you can break up there's no legal things going on you don't have to split money no matter what they say hear me I want you to find the right person I want you to date with intentionality. I want you to get married and I want you to have a legacy. That's why I say the things the way that I do. And like I said at the very beginning, it all starts, it's all about finding that person, of course, that has that relationship with God. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you that you love us and care about us and want the best for all of our relationships. God, I pray for everybody in the room, those that are dating. God, I pray we just have honest conversations. We'd be truthful with each other. God, I pray that we'd have the hard conversations and have the relationship-defining conversations because we should, because we owe that to each other. God, I pray that you would help us in that. Give us wisdom and guidance. And God, I pray for those in the room that don't have a Christian community. God, I pray that we'd find one. Pray that they'd have people around them that love them and care for them and want to help them in that. God, thank you so much for the way that you love us and care for us and give us second and third and many, many chances until we get it right. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.